Forbes India Cover Story podcast series in association with theindicast.com. My name is Abhishek and this issue covers a recurring theme that Forbes India visits every year and this time it's that of family owned businesses. Some of the big ones in India as we all know have shaped the economy over many decades uh, but this package looks at a few, few renowned if not entirely household names and joining me on the call on the other line to talk about this package is Avik Datta who's anchored this issue. Hi Avik, nice to have you here. You do this year after year that is Forbes India brings out stories of family owned businesses. Now what are some of the new angles that you find while covering this issue? What was the brief this time in the newsroom or in the editor's meet? That's right. So you know uh, as uh, as we all know by now very well that Forbes's DNA essentially is entrepreneurial capitalism and when we talk about entrepreneurial capitalism in India family businesses obviously form a very essential part of it because you know unlike in the west where companies started off as family businesses but over the years transitioned into becoming widely held and listed on the bourses in india many companies and conglomerates are still pretty much controlled by the family where successive generations of family members have turned and uh, you know entrepreneurs this year is very interesting because uh, this year you know when you think about family businesses in india the name typically the mind veers towards names such as the godrejes the goenkas the ambanis uh, the billas uh while they are a very essential piece of the indian entrepreneurial ecosystem and they have contributed a lot over the years uh this year we chose to focus on what is called as single family firms uh which are essentially family run businesses but those that have not diversified too much over the years they have taken a conscious call to stick to one line of business at best they have moved into some adjacent areas you know these businesses are to be found in every nook and corner of the country and some of them have actually done very well for themselves and created some really really strong brands but uh, while they are not the sizes are not comparable with that of the going uh, the godrejes or the billas they remain a very important uh, cog in the wheel uh, as far as creating value in the economy is concerned uh, they create jobs for millions of people and they are very good at what they do and which is why we thought that it would be a very good idea to look at some of these companies and what sort of value do they bring to the table we've done a longish piece on acg worldwide uh, tell us a bit more about it given that the acronym would be unknown to 9.5 out of 10 who are listening listening true to. true that's true so you know acg as you mentioned i mean it's a it's a completely privately held company owned by the singh brothers who are based in bombay uh, actually their father was the one who started the business and he got the license and they took the business forward and as we speak today they are the second largest manufacturers of empty capsule shells in the world so all the you know the pills that you pop to cure your headache or other uh, you know illnesses while the medicine comes from the pharmaceutical companies which is the active ingredient they make the shells in which these the medicine the medicinal powder is stored uh, and that's not the only thing that they do they are also the third largest manufacturers of blister foil packaging in the world which is essentially the aluminum foil type packaging in which the medicines come and as i said that these companies have not diversified into completely unrelated areas but acg has done very well to diversify into areas in and around that of pharma services so they have a big uh, machinery tools and equipment business as well and one of their newer businesses is the track and trace business whereby they can track a particular batch of medicine right from the factory to the pharmacist to the consumer uh, which helps in you know ensuring that there is spurious medicines are weeded out and we know which medicines are going well 
they compete with some of the largest global giants in the world that have uh, you know very deep pockets with pe and vc funding then they have been able to achieve all of this while being unlisted uh, and now the new generation the next generation uh, you know karan singh who is jasdeep singh's son he has some really ambitious plans for this company while they earn about 50% of their revenues from exports 90% of the manufacturing of this company is in india but now they really want to take it global they want to build uh, manufacturing bases in places like brazil and croatia and in north america and and they are you know uh, actioning those plans even as we speak and these are big numbers uh, in your piece you mentioned 150 million dollars capital expenditure is uh, on the anvil and and they already are expected to turn 500 million dollars as revenues yeah. yeah they are a 500 million dollar company by top line and they enjoy a very healthy ebitda margin of about 20% so it's a fairly profitable business and 150 million dollars and mind you this 150 million dollars is entirely being financed through internal accruals as well as some debt but they are cash rich to the extent that they do not feel the need to rope in an external strategic investor to finance their capital expenditure plans and while i'm sure if they continue growing at the pace that they do maybe one day they will have to go public but uh, according to the management of the company that i spoke with they have no plans of going public anytime soon how, how is it different in india as compared to the west a week with respect to professionally managed versus family owned there's always a debate about one being better than the other or are the lines blurring in india with the new generation you just mentioned about having bright ideas so how does that work today vis-a-vis let's say 20 years back no the lines are definitely blurring you know when a when a business starts out and again going back to the acg example i mean when you had ajit and jasdeep singh two brothers in their 20s trying to set up this business in the 1960s uh, obviously it was a completely greenfield venture and it probably sufficed for two people to kind of look into the business uh, jasdeep is an engineer so he is actually the engineering brain behind the business he is the one who devised the machines through which the capsules could be made and their usp is that they do it at a fraction of the cost uh, that is prevalent in the international markets uh, so it is a classic case of make in india but now again you know they have grown big to a size where now they have about 4 and a half thousand employees around the world and obviously a business of that magnitude cannot be managed by the family alone so again in acg's case you know while the family has now moved into more of a you know a visionary role karan who's now the managing director of the company uh, you know looks into what where the company should be 3 years or 5 years from now but the day to day operations on the ground are actually being entrusted to professionals and these are not only indian professionals they have a lot of expats working for them as well which is i thought was rather interesting because expats typically work for well known indian companies that are listed or multinationals they have at least uh, uh, four expats in their senior leadership team in india who are working with this company that is completely privately held by the family so yes the lines are blurring family members are turning professional thanks to their uh, education abroad and and in india and they are roping in a lot of professionals to look into various aspects of the business that they cannot always give personal attention to and as one of the biggest uh, advantages perhaps is that they they have the power to take quick decisions without uh, you know having to go through a longish uh, 
Right. You know, change right. it is less, in, in India, especially. It is, less, it is less bureaucratic in that sense. You're absolutely right. I mean, if you were a listed company, there would be thousands of compliance related issues and you would have to take a number of external stakeholders on board. But here, you, as you mentioned, the brothers are absolutely free uh, to, you know, obviously take the kind of decisions that they want to and and, and move the company in the direction that they desire. Uh, but obviously, having said that, it is not uh, it is not a unilateral process. Uh, they do listen to their professionals. They give a lot of value to their feedback. Uh, otherwise, the professionals won't work for you, right? And 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 that's how it's a symbiotic relationship, as I would see it. Right. And, and last one, uh, Avik, just to give a taste to our listeners as to what to expect in this issue. What are some of the highlights? Whom whom have you covered? Uh, what are some of the companies that uh, you have essays uh, this time? So, you know, ACG obviously is the cover story because they were also the largest of the pack uh, among the companies that we covered. And their their story is really fascinating. Uh, apart from that, Fertardos is a very interesting business. I mean, they are in the business of musical instrument and a lot more. Uh, and it is a very, very a popular brand name that is very difficult to miss, especially if you live in a city like Mumbai. Then there is a very interesting story on cycle agarbattis. Uh, I mean, incense sticks, as every Indian household, religious or otherwise, uh, uses incense sticks for something or the other. Uh, and cycle has pretty much a monopoly when it comes to market share as well as mind share. Uh, in the organized market at least. But, you know, very, very down-to-earth promoters based out of Mysore, and, and their story is also very fascinating. Then there is Talwalkars, who have, uh, you know, created a chain of health and wellness centers uh, and done exceedingly well in a market where, you know, it's very easy to open up a gym in your backyard if you just import, get some equipment. So they have bugged the trend. They have institutionalized the health and wellness business, and they are doing exceedingly well. There is also a very interesting story on uh, some of the families that are into the liquor business, uh, and there are quite a few of them in India, and they have done exceedingly well over time. There are a lot of whiskey and vodka brands uh, that some of these family businesses, such as Jagajit Industries and others, owns. There is also a column by Professor Kavil Ramachandran of the Indian School of Business. He is an expert in family business and, and the single family firms. He's done a lot of research in that space. So he has uh, delved into some of his insights and perspective and offered them uh, to our readers in the form of an article. So, so there, is, there is this and a lot more. I think uh, the readers will be in for a real treat. And as you mentioned, these, uh, these need not uh, be known to all of us like the big, big guns, but uh, quite a fascinating uh, package in itself. Uh, Avik, thank you very much for your time this evening. Thank you so much, Abhishek. Thank you. And all you listeners, as always, you can get this podcast on ForbesIndia.com as well as on iTunes. And to have someone call you for a Forbes India subscription, just message Forbes to 51818.